girl, you can't say that. Bitch, it's You can't hear that. Nah. Fix your hair. Fix your face. <gasps> right. <laughs> Did I step out the box again? What are we talking about today? Oops, my bad. Cold switch. Hi, I'm a professional. Fuck <laughs> that shit. Y'all know I be playing. Enter at your own risk. Cause sis, this is your talk. Evie here speaking, so let's get into it. So, for a minute, I want you to step into my world, right? I <laughs> I wrote this book um, a year ago, and we talked about this before up here. I know we have. So if you are an avid listener, you've heard this story before. And I got a little like, I'm unsure if I should really write this book. Because I know it's going to piss people off. It's going to make me feel angry. It's going to make people question how they feel, what they think about me. And I'm, I'm okay with that for the most part. But at the same time, I have to realize that my goal is never to hurt anybody's feelings. So I'm trying to be better at watching my mouth, right? But we know that's not really a thing. So whatever. Let's get into it. I want to give y'all a chapter. So this is chapter six. Why am I angry? Now, the book is about my journey through education. And at some point, I stop and I have to take a minute. So here it goes, reading it right out. I would like to stop for a minute. I need you to truly understand at this moment my feelings and emotions. I've had up until this very day. Unlike most people, I did not have my mom or dad growing up. Honestly, I didn't have any real family around. Previously, I've told you my grandmother was a very hurt woman. She had a lot of history that no one talked about, and she never stayed close to her family. So the family I had became the friends around me. My sister and brother were 9 and 11 through this tragedy of my life. And so I barely, they was barely, we was barely old enough to understand. My cousins I grew up with, yeah, they moved away at this point. People always talk about grandma being their person. However, the person I will call grandma, I was living with, and she was living with her own pain. So she raised me to call her mom, so I didn't have a grandma. And with all her pain, I never had a mom. My friends, well, no disrespect to them. But when you're living in a life full of drama, you befriend people with lives full of drama. So when I met, mm, so-and-so. Hey, don't say that. So when I met my ex-husband at 14, his family became my family. I spent most of my childhood wishing my mom would get some help so that we could have a better relationship. <clears throat> when my son was born, my mom finally got some help. And we were building a relationship. Not only was I short on family members, I didn't have anyone to borrow a dollar from. See, what people call normal family love, I haven't experienced any of that just yet. Now, all of these details are definitely for another book. I just wanted you to understand my emotions. I was living my entire life going through these events as a person who identifies as a black, as a woman, as a mother, as a sister, as a cousin, as a daughter, as an educator, as a cosmetologist, as a coach, as a human. I cannot ever seem to find out who I really was. I was living in a world where everyone moved as if we had the same experiences. When people talk about holidays and birthdays, they speak as if your family is there with you. They joyfully ask you, what are you doing for the holidays? 
But how do you respond when all you have is you? How do you respond when you're the creator of the family you go home to? Yet, you have no stability, you have no direction, and you just keep failing. I've now opened up to this point. I have gotten help for my anxiety, my depression, my extreme ADHD, and my childhood PTSD. I don't say any of these for you to feel sorry for me. Sympathy? Symphony. Symphony. Symphony! Sorry. Sympathy does not really change anything in this world around us. It sure won't help you relate to my story. I just need you to understand, as I walk around trying to find which way to go, I didn't even know where I was coming from. There was no one standing next to me on my journey. So why am I angry? I truly try my hardest to live a normal life and be successful. I never wanted to be a millionaire. I never wanted a big house or even a fairy tale. I just wanted stability. I wanted one job that paid the bills with a little bit more to save. I wanted my sons to live in a house with a mom and a dad. As these life events started to unfold, I was feeling like none of this was going to happen. Every time I was closer to my purpose, or what I thought was my purpose, I would fail again. I was angry because I was starting to feel like there was no way up. There was no way to truly succeed. I started to believe that if you were born without a family, you couldn't create one. I started to believe if you started in poverty, you would remain there. I started to believe that because no one loved me as a child, I just didn't know what love is and I could never really receive it. See, there's a saying, angry black woman. This is a stereotype that lies heavily on every black woman. I had to make sure I was not one of those. I had to make sure I smiled often. I tried hard to be successful, not to fit the type. Anytime I showed up with any emotions, people expected it, and they put me right back down in the box. The truth is, I am angry. I have to be strong and weak every day for everybody. And I can't seem to be strong enough for myself. A strong black woman suppresses emotions and carries those around, who is brilliant and capable, but what if she isn't? Because of that, we do not like to be treated as we are weak. We are not expected to ask for help, and in most cases, most cases, we don't even know how to ask for help. The truth is, being strong is highly overrated. It is not a compliment. It is a stigma that we are not allowed to feel and our passion is aggressive. That's a quote from some movie. Do not take credit for you do not know. Lastly, your big purpose is something big. It is not something big that you are going to discover. Your purpose is everything you are doing. All the dots that make you, you. See, that chapter is after yet before me telling you how my failures turned into a pattern of travel. I don't want to say success, right? Because I feel like success is a notion of opinion. It is a suggestion that you reach some ultimate goal. And I just don't believe that there's an ultimate goal. I truly believe that 
we get caught up in the ultimate goal and that distracts us from life. It distracts us from living. It distracts us from a purpose. And so I share that chapter. One, because I'm getting really close. I sent it to the editor, so it's coming. So I got to give you a little bit of tease. But I chose that one because I think it helps you understand a little bit of my psyche. I think it helps you understand the parts of me that yell and scream on social media. The parts of me that said, you know what, I am going to do this podcast. Because then I get to yell and scream and people think it's normal. Then I get to randomly talk about random things and people think it's normal. Right? It's not about trying to change anybody's opinion. Because I do believe that everybody has right and wrong in their own viewpoint. It's about letting you know mine. It's about letting you know, like, I hate the stigma of strong I hate it so much. And people see that of me all the time because I've had to. I've had to be the leader of my life because no one was given me in that role. And I think that the people who were around me, who watched me grow, only seen me survive. So they didn't pay attention to the pain, right? There are so many people that call themselves my friends yet didn't know of the abuse I was dealing with every single day. There's so many people that call themselves my friends who never see me cry, yet I cried every single night. So, and not to say they weren't my friends, and not to say it was their fault, because let me tell you, I know it was mine. I locked the world out. I had to be strong. But I don't want to be strong. And I'm so glad that I'm at a point where I don't always feel like I need to be strong, but mm, I am not at a point where I don't feel the need to be be strong, right? Because I am still fighting on a consistent basis for, mm, I hate using buzzwords, but equity. I'm fighting every day for the right for people to have the option to choose the life they deserve, right? So like I fight for myself so that I can like go to work and actually enjoy and smile. I fight for my kids so that they get to have choices, right? In the school, in the environment, in the sports, in the activities, in his drum set, choices. I fight for the children in the school buildings who we know, we know America education sucks. We can stop pretending now because there's so much live data that shows we're doing worse in education than every other society in the motherfucking world. All the places we call third world countries, educational system is still better than ours. Don't get me wrong, there's gaps, right? There's gaps. I'm not going to pretend that places where there's third world countries that we claim as third world countries because I think America's a third world country. But let's not pretend that those places don't have poverty. They do. But we are always pretending that we don't. We are always pretending that there's some equal playing ground because we say so. Like when I hear someone say, well, let the kid choose, but if they don't have the, the strength, the education, the background, the knowledge, the empathy, the, the equity, the self-efficacy to know that that choice is for them, then are we really giving them a choice? 
right? Like, let's take it even deeper, slavery, right? Me and my son just did this chapter. And if, if you say to somebody who was enslaved, who born enslaved, right? So they born on a plantation, doing whatever they had to do to survive there. And you say, all right, I'm done enslaving you, go live. But they've never had an actual job. They never had to manage any money. They've never had to purchase anything. They never had to pay anything. You think they just gonna be able to do so because you gave them the choice to do so? And I know I went too deep for some of y'all and I lost y'all because y'all hate talking about the reality and y'all think that doesn't connect, but it does. Because that's the same thing. And I'm always gonna come back to math because that's who I am. If you tell a child, you get to choose which math class. But one, you've already built me to hate it. Two, I have no idea which either one is going to get me in life. And three, I don't see the purpose because I'm too busy trying to survive. Then you didn't really give a choice. So when I talk about me being angry, it comes from the series of failures I had because the series of life blockers that I had, some of which you right, because I know you're saying it, I probably did give myself or that wasn't really there, I just seen it there. But that's how that mentality works. That's how PTSD works. You built someone a belief gap so deep because of your belief that you have created in them the notion of I can't, right? You instill to this person they are not good enough because that's what I was told so much as a child, Right. And I know people didn't see that because I smiled and I kept going because I had a sister and brother who were looking from beneath me. Right. Until they finally were next to me and I didn't feel the need to fight so much. But let me tell you about it. Right. If you go to school every day and they tell you you're not meant for college. You don't think college for you. If you go home and your family tells you that's not necessary, then eventually you think it's not necessary. If you get dropped off as a teenager with nowhere to live, you're not thinking about the greatest goal, you're thinking about the goal of today. If you know you ain't got no food tomorrow, you're gonna try to figure out how you're gonna get food tomorrow. You're not going to figure out how you can go to college, get a degree, get a salary, buy a house. Because those goals are out of reach. And you've already been told you can't even do step one. How am I going to get to step five? So I share that to say to be aware of the space around you. And the space around the people around you. Because sometimes you think you're sitting next to somebody that you know and understand. And you don't. Sometimes you think that your right and wrong is so deep and understandable that it should connect to other people's story. Like, everybody should know. There are very, very few things that everybody should. Right? When people say, well, everybody should know to brush their teeth twice a day. But how does everyone know that? Because if they're not told that at home, 
They don't go to the dentist on a regular basis. Who's telling them that? When they say stuff like what somebody said the other day, they said, well, if I give them the steps, then there should be no excuses why people can't do them. What? Huh? Well, if I don't have the capacity to do it, if I don't have the will to do it, if I don't understand the purpose to do it, then I still might not be able to get it done even if you show me. Because I promise you, if you show me how to bench press 300 pounds, hunty, I can't bench press 300 pounds. I don't care how much you show me. How many times the angle of your arm, it ain't happening. Some things are so far out of reach that I don't even want to try. If you show me 300 pounds, I'm not going to automatically go, listen, I'm going to start with 20 and I'm going to build it up because I'm going to already feel incapable. So I just want us to stop and think about the people around us and the circumstances that they hold. Because although your childhood shouldn't be carried forever, a lot of us, it does. A lot of us, we didn't get the healing needed, right? There's lots of things I've healed from, but there's still some things I haven't, right? Mainly because I don't say them things out loud. I act like they don't exist, but they still showing up in my habits. So it wasn't until I started really writing and like really writing, like reflective writing, because I've always journaled, but it really looked like journaling like here's my day and let me tell you about this guy and ooh those people at work now that journaling is definitely healthy but it wasn't journaling like you know that one time when you got hit with that frying pan and then your head bounced off the counter it made you never want to touch an iron pan ever that's why you'll never cook with cast iron. That's interesting. Right? So like that's the stuff you don't really think about that really does affect you. Right? I remember uh, my sister was using the hot comb for, you know, her, her weaves and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm not touching that. And I know that some black women listen to me that understand that trauma. Right? I don't even want to touch that thing. I know it looked different. It plug in now, right? We learn. We got to blow on it a little bit. We figure that thing out. But let me tell you the trauma of my ear being burnt, my forehead being burnt, my neck being burnt. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'll figure out another way. So it's those little tiny pieces of trauma that we don't think about because we think they're small and they don't matter until they do. That's where that whole angry thing comes in, right? And then you have to understand the stigma on black people, right? You have to understand the narrative around the savage nation. You got to understand that. That's why black men seem like they're older, younger to the world because that's the way we form them. That's like black women. We are born with curves, so we're naturally going to look older to the world who wants to look at us like that, right? That whole like resting bitch face, right? That's not anger. That's still. And so 
we live in this space where we have to watch our face before we even can watch our words. We live in a space, if you hold childhood trauma, people look at you that way and that's who you are. Triggers are real. And so when you're triggered, it's nobody's responsibility but your own. However, there should be some grace given. There should be some grace when I go, ooh, that triggered me, right? That other person shouldn't excuse it, but they should give you some grace to heal it. You should get some space to fix it. And it doesn't seem to be that way. We live in a society, especially with social media, that if something triggers you and it's caught on camera, forget about it. Forget about it. It's getting played over and over. That little girl who now, uh, Krishan Rock, right? She is one thing after another after another, right? There's, there's, there's lots of topics. But the most recent one that I've seen was her with the baby kind of tilt over in the baby character at the store. And she came on and she said, instead of criticizing me, why don't somebody give me some support? I don't know how to do this. That was the realest statement ever. Y'all so busy recording and criticizing instead of supporting and helping. And I get it. She live in a limelight. That's the life she lived. But you do that to everyone. You do that to the people at Walmart down the street. You do that to the woman next door. Don't pretend you don't. That's the world we live in. And it's just heartbreaking for me that we can't recognize that people are living in their traumas. People that you are calling angry or bad mothers or all of those things are just people who need grace and support. People who need someone who's going to say, I see you, sis. And then help you figure out the next move. Or at least not criticize you, criticize you while you're trying to figure it out yourself, right? So I'm sure already just sharing that piece is already going to have people like, but you shouldn't have said this and you shouldn't have said that. But my truth ain't got to be your truth. My story ain't got to be your story. You ain't got to relate. But what I am going to do is share. What I am going to do is relate to those who I relate to. I'm going to help give grace. And I'm expected back. Because I'm here to say it's okay to feel. It's okay to desire for greatness. To desire to be better than your Because man, oh man, I am not done failing, but I damn sure am done crying about them failures. So thanks for listening. Hopefully this book can be edited by the end of the year and we can start off fresh with my first book and Deuce's first book and we be bobbing. I appreciate y'all listening. Oh, 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 if you haven't by now, Go check out the YouTube. Seriously, you're first. YouTube.
YouTube, YouTube. Because there's some funny stuff. I mean, y'all be listening to it, but it's much better to watch it. Just saying.